Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. Today's podcast episode is going to be focused on Michael Joseph Vaughn, also known as Monkey. He was five years old when he went missing on July 27th, 2021. And today's episode, we are going to focus on his story from beginning to end. I encourage you to listen to this episode in its entirety and please share it on social media when you are finished. Michael Joseph Vaughn went missing on the evening of July 27th, 2021 from his home on Southwest 9th in Fruitland, Idaho. Michael Joseph Vaughn was five years old when he went missing. His father was in the house changing his younger sister's diaper and ordering pizza. And during that time frame, Michael went missing. There is a lot of debate as to exactly what happened during that time frame, but we are not going to discuss that during this episode. This episode is focused on Michael. On July 31st of 2021, Fruitland Police Department gives their first press conference update to the community on the search for Michael Vaughn. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. My name is J.D. Huff, and I'm the chief of police for the city of Fruitland. And I just want to start out by saying thank you uh, for attending today. Um, you know, this, is, uh, this, this, this thing is monumental, and um, it, it's super important that we have you guys here helping us out, uh, getting some words out here today. So um, I want to start this off by introducing some of my counterparts here, some of my partners that are helping me with this. Um, I'll start out with Special Agent Brian Sullivan with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Uh, Captain Matt Sly uh, with the Idaho State Police. I've got Chief John Plaza with the Payette Police Department, Uh, Brian Marinelli uh, with the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue Team, Uh, and I've got the family of Michael uh, Joseph Vaughn here, Uh, Brandy and Tyler and and Brandy's sister uh, here today with us. So I'm going to read my my press release to you and then I'll uh, stand by for a few questions for you uh, once we complete this, okay? Um, Today, the Fruitland Police Department, in conjunction with the state police, multiple Treasure Valley law enforcement agencies, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, we continue to search for missing and endangered five-year-old Michael Joseph Vaughn, MJ to his family and friends. Michael was last seen near his residence on Southwest 9th Street in Fruitland, at approximately 6.30 p.m. on July 27th, uh, 2021. Operations to date include the methodical search of the area near Michael's residence, which included two irrigation runoff ditches, which were drained by the Fruitland Public Works Department in an extensive uh, search and rescue effort, including the use of canines, aerial, and marine and land support. Idaho Fish and Game officers are continuing to search the river by boat for four to five miles downriver and back up and in the sloughs of the Snake River as well. 
The Fruitland Police Department will continue to organize search and rescue operations with resources provided by the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue Team, the Fruitland Fire Department, and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and others. We've received a tremendous amount of support from the Fruitland community and will continue to call upon them, but as needed. We're continuing to seek the public's assistance to identify individuals who are in the area of Southwest 8th, Southwest 9th, and Cornwall Way in Fruitland from 6.30 and 7.15 p.m. on Tuesday, July 27, 2021. If you were in that area or you know someone who was, please contact us at 208-642-6006, extension zero. That's the Payette County Sheriff's Office and again, a tip line. Even if you don't believe that you have something that's relevant or relevant information to this case, we want you to contact us so we can recreate a complete picture of the time that Michael was last seen. Every minute counts in these investigations when searching for a missing child, and we appreciate the public's support and cooperation as we continue the search for Michael. If you live in the immediate area, please thoroughly search your property to include any outbuildings, vehicles, anything that a five-year-old kid could get into. Uh, we also ask that you review any security camera footage that you may have that may be attached to your house. Uh, video is extremely important to us in these, in these circumstances and these investigations. We're also very grateful for the public's assistance in following up on each lead. We are following up, vigorously following up on each lead that we're getting in. So I want to make it clear that as your tips are coming in, they're not falling on deaf ears. The community knows because they see us out here every single day, pounding the pavement, pounding these rural areas. We are, we are working. We're committed to finding Michael and we're not going to leave any stones unturned. So you need to understand that the investigation of this child is a, we're using every resource and it's very intense. We ask that the community only report information from credible sources to law enforcement. And as we know that as we're just, um, we know that if we're just coming up with speculation, it causes rumors and we'd like to have factual information. So please help us out that way so we can chase down factual leads. We also want to emphasize that Michael's family continues to be 100% cooperative with our investigation. And we're asking you to be extremely respectful of their privacy during this situation. Um, and we would appreciate that super difficult time as you would know. So Michael was last seen wearing a light blue Minecraft t-shirt over here on my left, uh, dark blue blocks or briefs, a child size 11 sandal. Um, and he stands three foot, seven inches tall. He's 50, 50 pounds. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and he answers to the nickname monkey. If you see Michael have any information that would lead us uh, to his whereabouts or his location, please call the Payette County Sheriff's Office at 208 642 6006 ex extension zero. So we just want to extend our appreciation to our community. We, we thank you for your continued support and the media. And uh, with that, I'll stand for a few questions. So I was uh, out here the past few days, there's a lot of people driving out here wanting to help, but they weren't really sure. There was, a, there was some organized stuff, but just what do you want people to do who are wanting to help you guys out? Do you want them to stay out of your way? Is there things that they can do to help support or kind of what direction do you want to give people who want to Okay, thank you. That's a great question. Uh, and we've been getting that quite a bit. I would tell you that um, where we certainly appreciate the public's wanting to help us, 
Um, you know, we've evaluated that several times and, and, and it can become a little problematic for us. So what we're asking the public to do at this point is to search their residences and their homes. Um, you never know, we got a five-year-old kid out there. Um, you know, he can wander in and out of places super easy into people's backyards. Um, any place that he could be on a larger piece of property, that's what we're asking the public to do. We have trained professional search teams with search canines that are certified. And we're in these areas that we, that we have been for the last uh, three days now. Um, so we're asking for the public to stay out of those areas and let us search those with these certified search teams. They're professionals, they know what they're looking for. A lot of times when we recruit civilian help, they miss things. And so where we have such an intense and such an important goal to accomplish, we don't want to miss a thing. We need to cover those, those pieces of ground inch by inch with trained searchers who know what they're looking for. And they have canines that, that accompany them that are trained and certified as well. So we're just asking the, the, the public to help us out that way. Let us work through this with trained professionals. At the end of this, if we still find nothing, we may recruit the public's help in another mass area search uh, down the road. But that'll be down the road and that is an as needed event, okay? Thank you. Uh, Corey. What, I'm sorry, what credible leads have you gotten so far since last time? Corey, uh, thank you for the question, but I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna opine or, or, or weigh in on the, on, the, on the ongoing investigation into this thing, I just can't do it. Um, so I appreciate that. Our focus and our main focus is finding MJ and, um, and bringing him back to his family. And that's where we're at right now. Search and rescue operations. And we're going to continue doing that. So thank you. Okay. You mentioned uh, canine teams coming in. Uh, were some canines brought in from out of state as well? Uh, well, yes. Yes, they were. We've got canines. We had at least 10 specific canine teams from at least three different agencies. I'm sorry, could you step up to the podium for yeah. just a second there? Sorry. We've had at least 10 separate canine teams from three different organizations that span from coast to coast. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, can you touch on more about what... Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, can you touch on more about what these outside agencies are able to bring to this case? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the question. These outside agencies bring everything to the case that I can't manpower, resources, um, equipment, um, um, I mean, everything. I mean, the city of Fruitland, we're a small city. Um, you know, we've got 12 officers out here beating the street every day. So bringing these experienced, qualified people uh, into these investigations for us is, it, it, it's, it's just completely incredible and it's huge for us. The city of Fruitland Police Department, can continue, we can continue to support our community and handle those calls for service that we need to while adding support to this team here as we continue this investigation. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So. Has any additional equipment been brought outside uh, from the Fruitland Police, like with these agencies? Uh, I, I don't understand your question. So any, any other equipment? So, so we do have um, drones that have been brought in from the Meridian Police Department. Uh, we have an Idaho State Police drone, as well as a Payette County drone and a Sand, Sand Hollow Fire drone, all of which um, are pretty sophisticated and they have FLIR capabilities and we are continuing to use those as we search. And just for the people that aren't familiar, could you explain what FLIR is? 
FLIR is a forward-looking infrared thermal imaging device. And so we, we put that up there. We like to primarily do that um, in, in areas where uh, it's a little bit cooler, so maybe in the morning or late at night where we can get a little better uh, signature or heat signature on those devices. And um, so we're continuing to do that. It's, it's a great resource. So. And is there anything you can release about? Was there any indication of a direction of travel or, or, or a direction that, that Mike might have gone or anything of that nature that you can release? You know, I, I will tell you that he was last seen there on Southwest 9th. We're, we're still trying to pin down some directions of travel, but I, I don't have that. You know, our, our, our goal is to find him and we're going to continue hunting. And I will tell you that everything is on the table on this. Okay. So uh, we're going to continue our search and rescue efforts. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys. I, I thank you for being out here today. Um, and having said that, um, would the family like to speak to this at all? <clears throat> Not? I just want to thank the community and all the enforcement agencies that have been continuously, tirelessly looking for him and anybody that has any information, please contact the Fruitland PD. Um, we just want our monkey home. We just miss our baby and we want him home. Anything helps. Anything. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right, with that, um, we'll conclude. I thank you for coming. The next update from Fruitland Police Department does not come until January 27th of 2022. This update says, It has been six months since Michael Joseph Vaughn went missing. The Fruitland Police Department, with assistance from surrounding agencies, the Idaho State Police, and the FBI, have continued to search for five-year-old Michael Joseph Vaughn continuously since July 27, 2021. We do not yet know what happened to cause Michael's disappearance. Michael's information has been shared with law enforcement nationwide. Search efforts have been involved have involved local police agencies, professional service search and rescue units, and community volunteers, and we've searched with helicopters, drones, boats, divers, dogs, and walked step-by-careful step through fields, river, and canal banks. Over the last month, we've focused on leads that continue to come in from the Northwest and indeed the world. Our investigators have covered a lot of ground, investigating credible leads to completion, with several being actively worked on. Every lead offers a new direction, and we continue to follow them with vigor. The number of leads received is currently 830, with more coming in daily. Our ground searches have been suspended due to winter weather conditions, but if a credible lead sends us to a forest or a field, we will go. As most of you know, to keep our community updated, the Fruitland Police Department has had multiple press briefings, and we're grateful to our local media for covering the search for Michael and stories that have been shared nationwide even internationally. We've seen the poster of Michael from the City of Fruitland webpage shared countless times via media and social media. We ask that the official poster from the Fruitland Police Department and the Idaho Missing Persons Clearinghouse be the poster that is shared, as it will consistently share the same information that would be recognizable to law enforcement nationwide. To those standing strong and continue to support both Michael's family and the efforts of law enforcement to find Michael, thank you. You're helping us avoid conjecture and keep the focus on finding this little boy. Please know, while not all investigative efforts can be made public, our focus remains strongly on finding Michael, with no stone being left unturned, every option carefully considered, and all leads investigated. The reward for Michael's safe return is now $52,860. Every donation is appreciated. 
This fund is being held in an account with the city of the Fruitland of Fruitland and has been reactivated until March 31st, 2022. The fund is given sunset dates to provide accountability and urgency. If someone has or learns of information that can help find Michael, we want that information now. The Facebook page is the only source for credible first-hand information in this case. Please continue to follow this page for more updates as they're available. Please keep Michael, his family, and the investigators working to bring him home in your prayers. Thank you. When Michael disappears, lots of local news agencies begin picking up his story. But News Nation is the first national news channel to cover his case in December of 2021. It's a snow day in Idaho. The lows this afternoon dip below 30, making for the kind of flakes that signal Christmas. We built we built a fort and a slide and he should be here. So it's been a very, very hard day. I'm sorry. It's Brandy Neal and her bundled two-year-old daughter, Aria, meet us outside their home in Fruitland a rural farmland city, population 5,000, an hour outside Boise. Describe the neighborhood and Fruitland, what kind of street and community this is. Real quiet and um, friendly. Um, it's just, it's a safe place. But on the evening of July 27th, this quiet corner of the world frantic when Brandy's five-year-old son, Michael Vaughn, walked out of the house and down the street. He would have come out of the garage. Mm -hmm. um, the front door is pretty hard to get out of, and you can hear yeah. that opening. Yeah. She says her son was looking for older neighborhood kids to play with. He went to a neighbor's house. He went to another neighbor's house and another neighbor's house. Typical, she says, for a summer night here. But with Brandy at work and her husband inside checking on the toddler and ordering dinner, neither parent knew Michael took off. They're now approaching month five with no answers. I don't even think hell is the right word. Stay back in the stove. She describes her son as pure excitement and joy, seen here in a home video learning to bake. A holiday activity the two should be doing now. And here, watching fireworks from the driveway. <laughs> I do not want to get if I any of those. <laughs> he goes by Monkey, a nickname Brandy says he earned for his nonstop energy and being all boy. From the moment he wakes up and even even in his sleep, he's kicking and running around. He loves cars. He loves race cars. Never did Brandy imagine Monkey would be the center of a worldwide missing person search. And due to the fact that we've conducted multiple searches using every tool available to us with no success, it increases the possibility that Michael was abducted. Law enforcement has combed through more than 3,000 acres of surrounding land. No clues. Just to the west of the family home lie the Snake River and Interstate 84. Could a predator passing through have picked the boy up and hit the road? Please, please, 
Please help me. Please help me bring my baby home. Officials have been flooded with more than 500 tips from around the globe. Two leads they still need the public's help with. Identifying the driver of this white Honda Pilot and a man with dark hair seen walking toward lower drainage behind the neighborhood around the time Michael went missing. I have a feeling that someone may have been watching us and that's my feeling. That's, that's my mama's heart feeling. Brandy firmly denies Michael's disappearance was at the hands of someone the family knows. And with the changing of the seasons comes new concern for his warmth and well-being. And now that it is snowing and it's cold, I mean, that must mix in a new level of concern for you as his mom. Every day when the leaves started to change, I lost, I lost my mind. I can't. Sadly, the grieving mother can't put life on hold while she waits for her little boy to come home. She continues going to work and raising three other kids who need her time and attention. And she sleeps on the living room couch just in case one night there comes a little knock or voice at the front door. I still want to look at some stars. It's a hard question, but do you believe that Michael is alive still? Do you have a feeling that he's not? I know in my heart he's alive. I know, I know he is, and I know he's coming home. He will come home. Now, Fruitland police have denied all of our requests this week for an on-camera interview, but the chief did email me saying that both parents uh, complied with every investigative request that was asked of them. And he said this case is going uh, is far from going cold. They're working on legitimate leads right now. And Marnie, the award for Michael's safe return home is now north of $50,000. Marky, thank you. And on July 22nd, 2022, Fruitland Police Department gives a press conference ahead of Michael's one-year disappearance. I quickly want to recognize the uh, Fruitland Police Department, the men and women of our department, as our staff continues to work tirelessly to keep this department moving forward as we continue to investigate Michael's case. So their loyalty and courage and tenacity is clearly unmatched. And it's a privilege to lead and work with these people every day. I just wanted to introduce some of my partners, as I've done in the past. Our partnerships haven't changed. Um, I'd like to introduce Supervisory Agent in Charge, Doug Hart with the FBI, uh, Captain Matt Sly with the Idaho State Police, Chief Gary Marshall with the Payette City Police Department, Sheriff Andy Creech with the Payette County Sheriff's Office, and Mark Sullivan with the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue. We also have with us today the family of Michael Vaughn. We've got Brandy Neal, Tyler Vaughn, and Bob Vaughn, and Bug. So it's nice to have them here with us today. So since the evening of July 27th, 2021, the Fruitland Police Department, the Idaho State Police, the FBI, law enforcement agencies and law enforcement agencies across the country have investigated the disappearance of five-year-old Michael Vaughn. We haven't stopped. Every day we have unfinished business and I'll tell you that every day is an anniversary of the disappearance from Michael Vaughn for us. Law enforcement, the family, 
the families of law enforcement, and our community. Our investigation re remains intense and strong. So I want to take a moment to just kind of cover some significant aspects of the case to provide some context for those who aren't completely familiar with our case or those might be jumping in a little bit later. Um, a lot of it I've covered in, in uh, prior press conferences, but I wanted to cover it again today. So Michael Joseph Vaughn was last seen at his residence on Southwest 9th Street at approximately 6.30 p.m. Tuesday, July 27, 21. Law enforcement re received the first call by 911 at 7.21 p.m. and we began an immediate search of the area. And I should note that law enforcement across the country receives these type of calls every year. Uh, numerous calls like this, we call them wander-offs. And they conclude, but after finding the child safely with friends or family, and clearly it's typically a breakdown in communication. So you need to know the first missing and endangered alert went out at 820 uh, with different alerts to email, phone calls, text messages being issued to area residents until 1120 that night. Michael's image and information went out to law enforcement nationwide on a database called the National Crime Information Center or NCIC. Um, and Michael's also been entered into the state of Idaho Missing Person Clearinghouse and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The Fruitland Police, Payette Police, and Payette County deputies and citizens searched through the night until support arrived the following morning. The ensuing response was immense. We had over 100 law enforcement officers from federal, state, and local agencies, including the FBI Child Abduction Rapid Deployment Team, along with trained search teams, converge on our small city of Fruitland. Our physical search efforts were conducted by experts from the Idaho Fish and Game, the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, both Fruitland and Sand Hollow Fire Departments, multiple law enforcement agencies, and coordinated citizen searchers. The search included over 200 residential homes, properties including outbuildings, a septic tank, garbage cans, vehicles, irrigation ditches, and drain canals. Trained search teams and law enforcement along with specialized canine teams from across the country searched over 3,000 acres of farm ground along with areas surrounding the city and out into the county. Sophisticated drones, boats with sonar, uh, boats with canines, kayaks, paragliders. I would say that if we could have dammed the Snake River, we would have. With the help of residences and businesses, uh, we were able to retrieve hours and hours of security camera video, and we continue to reference that video while working on our leads. So let's talk about since the disappearance of Michael. When I tell you our investigation has been intense and daily, I can assure you that it has been. Uh, since the, the disappearance, detectives and, and investigators across the country have logged tens of thousands of man hours to bring this case to conclusion. We've gathered an immense amount of data and continue to work through it with experts from several agencies. We've applied for and served over 27 search warrants, uh, but that may seem low, but I'm telling you that we've also performed, uh, you know, probably triple that in mutual consent type searches. So the search warrant and consent searches we've, we've performed have yielded uh, high volumes of data and search warrants are still being written today. The data requires expertise from law enforcement partners, and this takes a lot of time to decipher. 
We continue to use all of our investigative resources to include that of the Idaho State Police and our friends at the FBI. Further, the Idaho State Police and the FBI have assigned investigators to work specifically with the City of Fruitland Police Department on this case, and our partnership is healthy and strong. We continue to call upon the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue teams um, with their specialized canine units, and we've received some recent leads that have put us out in the area again, um, searching more acreage. And I can't thank them enough for, for what they've done for us. Um, although unsuccessful with these with these searches, we can't stop, and we appreciate the continued support from all of our members, and um, I would tell you that the number of acres searched will continue to grow. So in our efforts to develop a detailed timeline of events leading up to Michael's appearance, we've processed over 1,000 leads. So we've cleared many of these leads, but not all have been cleared because some require assistance from out of state, uh, more investigators, and, 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 and probably more importantly, just time to work these things through to make sure we can bring each, land, each lead to a conclusion. This process is exhaustive and it takes a lot of time and we believe someone out there will ultimately, ultimately provide us with some information that'll help us solve this case. It's important to note that as we continue to refine our timeline, um, we now believe that Michael disappeared in a smaller window of time and that's probably between the uh, time of 6.40 p.m. and 7 o'clock p.m. on the 27th. Earlier in the investigation, uh, we needed assistance in identifying two vehicles and two pedestrians that were seen in the area around the time of Michael's disappearance. So I, you guys need to know that we positively identified the, the blue Dodge Avenger we were looking for and the man that we see that we saw jogging in that area those those have both been identified vetted and investigated and um, to an end so the white honda pilot 2016 to 18 honda pilot that we have leaving the area at approximately that time um, you know again we believe that it belongs to a resident but we haven't quite been able to to clear that and verify that um, so that's kind of still an outstanding for us uh, the man seen walking through the area of the splash pad of Crestview Park leading up to the time of Michael's disappearance, he's not come forward and he has not been identified. So the man is described as a white male adult, late 20s, early 30s. He was seen wearing black shorts, a white t-shirt with cut off sleeves, dark colored shoes and a hat. So I need to make it perfectly clear that he is not a suspect, but we need to talk to him so we can determine his whereabouts and see if he witnessed anything that would be helpful uh, in this investigation. So I plan on releasing a photograph of that individual in my Facebook official posting later today. So you'll all have that. You need to understand that this is a multifaceted investigation. So many leads are working, we're working many leads at the same time. So some leads are temporarily abandoned as priority leads come in and that's happened to us on multiple occasions. Once abandoned and we, and we clear the priority leads, then we pick those things right back up and we're working on them again until we can work them to conclusion, right? It takes an intense effort and a lot of work to document all of the leads as they're coming in. And at the conclusion of this investigation, I'm hopeful we'll find the, and I'm hopeful we'll find the answers. It's important that our case is organized and very strong. It's important that our case is organized and very strong.
So I will tell you that this, this is a criminal investigation. So with that, you need to know that the majority of our investi investigative efforts just cannot be made public at this time. As members of the community, we agonize with the family and we've dedicated our resources to bringing Michael home. So we believe the continued distribution of this story will generate more attention and tips that can be investigated by our department and our partners. So anyone having information regarding Michael's disappearance, I would ask you please reach out to us. No tidbit of information is too benign or too obscure. It just helps us process the overall picture. We appreciate the efforts of the community, members of the media partners who keep this case at the forefront by promoting and sharing the story. And we encourage all of you to continue sharing the official poster from the Idaho Missing Persons Clearinghouse. I would like to introduce a new partnership today. Uh, it's called the Homeward Bound Program. The program was first started by Trooper Renee Padgett with the Washington State Patrol in 2005. She was working with the WSP Commercial Vehicle Division. Trooper Padgett worked with, with then the Gordon Trucking with a vision that posters of missing children being displayed on sides of semi-trailers traveling around the country could bring much needed awareness and possibly recovery. With the help of Tanea Parmeter with the Idaho State Police, we've been able to partner with the Homeward Bound program, which will carry Michael's information across the country on semi-trailers. As designed by Trooper Padgett, this will expand the exposure of Michael's case on the interstates, highways, and roads of our country, which will bring new leads and potentially help us bring Michael home. We're hoping to have semi-trailers outfitted with Michael's information near the end of August and get those on the road. I would ask anyone with any information to continue to send tips to findmichael.org. If you are out of state and you have information that you think would help us bring Michael home, I'm encouraging you to contact your local law enforcement team. They will then get in touch with us and we can start working those leads as they come in. Please share what you have. You can also contact Crime Stoppers at 343-COPS. You can remain anonymous. Uh, the reward for uh, the information leading to Michael's safe return has grown to $52,992. This fund has been maintained by the city of Fruitland. It's secure. This will remain in place until Michael comes home. I just ask that you continue to pray for Michael, for strength for his family, and the steadfast resolve for those who are working to bring him home. Thank you for standing firm with Michael's family and our continued law enforcement efforts. So with that, we'll stand for a few questions. Go ahead. You know, I, I would tell you that um, people like to deal in absolutes, and there's nothing about this case that is an absolute. So we will continue to investigate all aspects and all avenues in this case. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, the, the family continues to be extremely uh, cooperative and uh, working with our investigation. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where we're at. Uh, you previously said uh, back in November that there was strong likelihood that he was abducted. Is there anything you can say that would share with us that might actually Tristan, uh, you know, due to the number of searches uh, with trained teams and the acreages searched, that is the reason why, and, and with, without success, that is the reason why we 
you know, there's a, there's a possibility or a higher probability of abduction. That's what led us to that. Uh, again, uh, you know, as we continue to work through this thing, there, there are still no absolutes. So when I say everything's on the table, it's still on the table, okay? You know, we're looking into that, uh, but I think, like I said, you know, these leads um, and, and what we're doing, it's happening at the same time. So, um, yes, we're looking into fr friends and family close to the Vaughns, and we're looking outside as well. Yes. Yes, it has. So, you know, there's a number of theories. And as a matter of fact, we develop many theories throughout the week as well. Um, and so once we develop those theories, you know, plausible um, situations, uh, then we vigorously get after that. And so uh, I, I certainly don't want to discourage um, any information that, that's coming into the Fruitland Police Department because the leads have been, uh, you know, we're over a thousand leads now and uh, we have to have that. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, in the midst of that, uh, there's going to be that tid tidbit of information uh, that breaks this case and helps us bring him home. So. That being said, uh, do you think that uh, the last press conference we had in November, do you think that uh, not being able to release as much information as the public would like or as much as information on this case warrants, uh, that's led to yeah, I think it could be, but you, you also need to understand that we have, a, we have an obligation and in order to keep our case organized and strong when this thing is concluded, it's important that we hold that information close, at least at this point, right? Um, there'll be a time for that, for public disclosure, and, and, and right now it just isn't. So that's the reason for um, my hesitancy to put out updates, um, because we are in the daily work of this investigation and it's daily. So um, it's, while it's certainly not a distraction, um, you know, if I have significant information that needs to be passed, then I'll get it out there to you. But I just, you know, we're just working this thing on a daily basis, so. Is there anything you can say about persons of interest in this case? How many persons of interest? You know, I, I, I'm not gonna really get into too deep on the persons of interest, um, but I will tell you there are multiple. Yeah, there have been. Without getting into too much detail, um, I would tell you properties, vehicles, um, electronic devices, you know, everything you think we would be serving search warrants on, more than likely we've served search warrants on it, so. And then you mentioned there were multiple uh, persons of interest under these Can you tell us a little bit about your daily efforts on this case? I think this is a day-to-day -day basis. So our day-to-day -day, um, efforts start with an intelligence briefing first thing in the morning. Um, we go over aspects of the case and current leads that we're working. 
uh, to try to develop new strategies. We pull in our partners from the FBI and the Idaho State Police, um, and, and we just we start with a direction for that day, and uh, every day starts the same. Uh, but I will tell you, it, it, it has been this way since the day Michael went missing, right? We do the same thing every day, and um, it's intense. And so we're, we're able to clear a lot of leads that way. We're making a lot of progress, um, working through the data, and uh, like we have been from the beginning, you know, um, that's kind of where I'll leave that. In your investigation, have you been able to tie this possibly to other missing children or abductions that are similar? You know, we haven't. Although I know there are some similarities, uh, such as the Summer Wells case, um, but we just haven't been able to tie that to that case. So. All right, well, if, uh, if I don't have any more questions, I, I really, again, you guys, I appreciate you. Um, you guys have been phenomenal. My local media outlets, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, Les, you're awesome, so I appreciate you. And, um, you know, we'll keep after it. Um, my intent, uh, just so you guys know, is once we get the uh, word on our Homeward Bound program and when those trucks are going to be outfitted, that we'll set up another time that we can do an unveiling on our truck with Michael's information, maybe bring you guys out at that point again just to, you know, view the truck and, uh, you know, we'll get something out to the public when it comes to that as well. So, but again, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you. So. On July 27th, 2022, News Nation does a one-year update on Michael Vaughn. Welcome back. Tonight in our missing series, a renewed search for a five-year-old boy named Michael Monkey Vaughn. We brought you his story for the first time last year, but tonight, the first national TV interview with both of Michael's parents and newly released photos of a man police say was nearby at the time of Michael's disappearance. Correspondent Marky Martin is joining us live, and Marky, you've been with this case for some time now. You traveled to Idaho last winter to speak with his mother, but now you've had the chance to speak to both of his parents. What can you tell us? Yeah, Natasha, so we heard from Michael's dad, Tyler, for the very first time this week. He was the parent who was actually at home at the time that Michael went missing. And today marks one year since that little boy, who is lovingly known as Monkey, walked out the door and never came home. We haven't stopped. Every day we have unfinished business, and I'll tell you that every day is an anniversary of the disappearance from Michael Vaughn. It's been 365 days, a year of searching with no answers. For the five-year-old Fruitland boy, whose 2021 disappearance garnered nationwide attention and support. Hi. Last July, Michael Vaughn was at home with his dad and baby sister while mom was at work. Family says he walked out searching for neighborhood kids to play with. He went to a neighbor's house. He went to another neighbor's house and another neighbor's house. Last winter, Michael's mom, Brandy, invited our News Nation team to their Idaho home, walking us through her son's last moments there. He would have come out of the garage. Mm -hmm. um, the front door is pretty hard to get out of, and you can hear yeah. that opening. Yeah. At the time, his dad, Tyler, declined to speak with us. But this week, that changed. The couple sitting together for their first national TV interview. It 
It doesn't feel like a year. It's been an eternity. Tyler, a lot of people curious why, if you were the one at home, why you haven't done a lot of talking with the media. What's your response to people who want to know that question? Because I was the one at home. I feel like because I was the responsible party. I, I don't like being in the public eye at all. And it's because I, you know, to some extent blame myself. For most of the afternoon, Tyler says Michael played with his monster trucks and Nintendo Switch, and that around dinner time, he ordered a pizza and went down the hall to change the baby's diaper. When he came back out, Michael wasn't there. Searched the house, searched the backyard, went out in the front yard, jumped in the van, called Brandy. He says he raced around the neighborhood and was the one who called 911. The Fruitland Police, Payette Police, and Payette County deputies and citizens searched through the night until support arrived the following morning. In the last year, more than 3,000 acres and nearby river have been searched. No suspects have been named, but authorities say they have persons of interest. Fruitland police asking for the public's help in identifying this man, seen in newly released photos, walking in a nearby park at the time of Michael's disappearance. And to this day, nobody has been cleared, including Tyler and Brandy. What do you tell people who say, do they know more than they're letting on? A lot of the speculation online is, is based in fantasy land. Law enforcement and God knows our truth and we'll stand firm and stand strong. Fruitland police confirming with News Nation the couple has cooperated with the investigation. Today, Michael would be six. His parents grieving another summer without him. A summer they say should be spent playing and camping as a family. Time for bed now. But I still want to look at some stars. He is pure um, joy, love, excitement, <laughs> much excitement, energy, lots of energy. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't not fall in love with him. Both Tyler and Brandy tell me they do believe that their son is out there alive. They still believe he's coming home. And Natasha, I asked both of them, what would justice look like in your eyes? Brandy's answer was if her son comes back alive and well, she could find it in her heart to forgive. Tyler said he just wants his child home. Legal punishment would take care of the rest. And I do also have to mention to this day, Fruitland police, uh, they have declined to go on camera for an interview with our crew since day one. Natasha. Marky, I can't imagine what these last several months have been like for this family. Um, can I ask, do Michael's parents fear the case going cold at this point? Uh, what is being done to keep his name and face on people's radars? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, they do not fear this case growing cold. They say there's new tips coming in all the time. They're actually excited about some new technology uh, that's going to aid in some of the searches. And one of the biggest criticisms of this case has been Michael Vaughn never received an Amber Alert. His case did not fall under the criteria for the state of Idaho. It's outraged a lot of people. A lot of people think things could 
uh, be different if that happened. But also last week, Fruitland Police announcing they've teamed up um, teamed up with the Homeward Bound program, which advocates for missing children. Starting in August, Natasha, there will be semi-trailers uh, crisscrossing across the country with his name and face on them. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Um, meanwhile, speaking of new tips, what else have police said about that newly released photo of that man walking by the home around the time Michael went missing? Do we know anything about him? Yes, yeah, so we actually don't know a lot in that pre, uh, uh, police press conference that was held last week. Uh, they said they'd be releasing those photos. They did a couple days later, and the police chief just saying, we know these are grainy. This is not a suspect or even a person of interest, but this person was walking near the splash pad area of a nearby park leading up to when uh, Michael disappeared. So they said they just want to find this person, have him come forward to talk to him, see if he saw anything. Maybe he saw something he didn't even realize he was witnessing at the time. They just want this person to come forward. Natasha. All right, Marky Martin, we certainly appreciate it. And I know that family appreciates you keeping their boy top of mind as well. Thank you. August of 2022 is when Fruitland Police Department announces the launch of the Homeward Bound program, where Michael's face will be on three different semi-trailers crisscrossing parts of America, showcasing his missing person poster. In November of 2022, Fruitland Police Department began conducting a search at the Wanderers' home in Fruitland, Idaho. It is on December 1st that Fruitland Police Department gives a press conference update regarding the search efforts. All right. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I just wanted to start out by saying thank you uh, to our media partners. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for the continued coverage of the Michael Vaughn case. Um, I also wanted to begin by just giving my uh, sincere thanks to all the law enforcement agencies, local businesses, and members of the public who helped us over the course of the last year and a half uh, of this intense investigation. Uh, more recently, during the last three weeks, we could not have completed the work necessary without the selfless help of others. The community support has been absolutely incredible. As you know, from the time Michael went missing, this has been an all-hands-on-deck investigation and it remains very active and an ongoing investigation. You can't take one of our most precious citizens from us and ever expect us to stop. During the course of this investigation to date, we received credible information that the remains of Michael Vaughn could be found in the backyard at 1102 Red Wing Street in Fruitland. As a result, the Fruitland Police Department obtained a search warrant for the residents along with the front and backyards. That search warrant was served on November 11th uh, it was a Friday. We served that late in the evening. Upon entry, officers encountered Sarah Wandra, one of the known occupants of the home, and Sarah was subsequently arrested based on probable cause that she had knowledge of Michael's death and failed to report that death to law enforcement. The following day, the Fruitland Police Department, joined by the Idaho State Police, the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue, the Fruitland Fire Department, and the Fruitland Public Works Department, began a very methodical excavation of the backyard of the Wanderers' home. During that excavation process, the Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue, Mountain State's detection dogs deployed multiple certified human remains detection dogs on the property, all of them alerting to the presence of human remains. 
Ground penetrating radar was also used and deployed, uh, detecting anomalies in the backyard. Uh, we completed the excavation of the entire backyard and removed over 250 yards of dirt. Prior to backfilling the yard, the dirt was meticulously sifted for any potential human remains. We did not find Michael's remains. Although the remains of Michael Vaughn were not recovered, we strongly believe, based on evidence, that Michael was abducted and is deceased, and that his remains were buried and later moved from the property. As of today, the whereabouts of his remains are unknown. However, the investigation is active, fluid, and ongoing. Once the excavation was complete, we conducted a thorough search of the Wanderer's residence. The search was productive and additional investigative evidence was, re was recovered and is currently being processed. Evidence suggests that there are the following individuals who are currently in custody are involved in the abduction of Michael Vaughn. This is Sarah Wandra, 35 years old. Sarah lives at 1102 Red Wing Street in Fruitland and was living there at the time of Michael's disappearance. We believe that Sarah has firsthand knowledge and is involved in Michael's abduction. Sarah Wandra is currently being held at the Payette County Jail for failing to report a death to law enforcement. This is Sarah's husband, Stacy Wandra, 30 years old, a male. Stacy was also living at 1102 Red Wing Street in Fruitland and was living there at the time of Michael's disappearance. We believe that Stacy has firsthand knowledge and is involved in the abduction of Michael Vaughn. Stacy's currently being held in the Washington County Jail on unrelated charges. Now, the next individuals I'm going to introduce you to. Uh, let's go at the bottom there. This is Brandon Shirtliff, 30 years old of Cuna, Idaho. Brandon was living with Sarah and Stacy Wandra at 1102 Red Wing Street at the time of Michael's disappearance. And we believe Brandon has firsthand knowledge of Michael's abduction. Brandon is currently to believe, believed to be in North Dakota. Adrian Lucien, 32-year-old male out of Toledo, Ohio. Adrian was staying with Sarah and Stacy Wander at 1102 Red Wing Street at the time of Michael's disappearance. And we believe that Adrian has firsthand knowledge of Michael's abduction. Adrian's currently believed to be in Toledo, uh, but floats between Ohio and California. I strongly encourage Shirtliff and Lucien to contact the Fruitland Police Department detectives as the window of time for talking and cooperation is coming to a close. This remains an active and ongoing investigation with conversations taking place with the Payette County Prosecutor's Office about Michael's case and those individuals involved. We also believe that there are others associated with the Wanderers, Shirtlift and Lucene, who may have knowledge of Michael's abduction and I would strongly encourage them to come forward and speak, speak with my detectives. When we finally reach the conclusion of this investigation 
And I can assure you that we will. All of those who have knowledge of Michael's disappearance and have failed to report or hindered our investigation will be pursued. There's a moment in time to do the right thing and bring your information forward and cooperate. And that moment in time is now. To date, the Fruitland Police Department has received over 1,500 tips and leads, and we received many new leads since this phase of the investigation has began. We continue to ask our communi community for support and patience as we continue to aggressively work this case. We also ask that the Vaughn's fam Vaughn family's privacy continue to be respected, and we'll continue to post updates as information can be shared. Tips can be sent to findmichael at fruitland.org, or to Crime Stoppers at 343cops.com or the Fruitland Police Department at 208-452-3110. Tipsters can remain anonymous. So uh, before I open it up for questions, uh, I just want to make it clear that this is a very active and ongoing investigation. Um, it's, it's super important uh, that we maintain the integrity of this investigation so I'd ask you that you'd please tailor your questions accordingly. With that, I'll stand for a few questions. Alex? Um, so if Michael's remains are not found, will Sarah have to be released, or do you think that she will remain in jail um, once you locate the other people that you involved? It is my belief that she will remain in custody. But again, we're in talks with the Payette County prosecutor, um, and those talks are ongoing as far as charging. On December 8th of 2022, Fruitland Police Department put out an update. The Fruitland Police Department continues to investigate the abduction and the location of the remains of five-year-old Michael Vaughn. The voluntary consent was obtained to search a neighboring residence to 1102 Red Wing Street in Fruitland. In Fruitland. On December 2nd, ground-penetrating radar and certified human remains detection dog were deployed in the backyard of the neighboring residence. No additional evidence was found, and there was no indication that Michael had been in any other neighboring yards other than 1102 Red Wing Street. The purpose of the search was an investigative step to eliminate all other possibilities. We remain confident that the evidence shows that Michael's remains have been moved and the investigation continues as we follow all leads. Additionally, contact has been made with the two outstanding individuals needed for questioning. We appreciate the community's help in providing information on the whereabouts of Brandon Shirtliff, 30, of Kuna, Idaho, and Adrian Lucian, 32, of Toledo, Ohio. The Fruitland Police Department is working closely with the Payette County Prosecutor as we continue to work this active and ongoing investigation. The Fruitland Police Department is, is grateful for the continued community support and patience as we pursue justice in this case. Future updates will be released as they are available. Thank you. Michael Joseph Vaughn, also known as Monkey, is still actively missing. Fruitland Police Department has stated they believe he is deceased, but his body has still not been recovered. Teams are working hard to find all information they can in the case of Michael Monkey Vaughn. You can help by sharing this podcast episode 
and letting other people know about the disappearance of Michael Joseph Vaughn. Thank you so much for listening. Let's bring him home.